it's incredibly, incredibly important to have your customers trust the brand, right? And so to your point, I think over the course of, of the last, you know, four plus years on crowdfunding campaigns, having never delivered a campaign late, having always, you know, made sure that the priority is placed on responding to any message that we get um, and making sure that any backer feels, you know, this personal experience that they're taken care of and, and, and they're, you know, they're our most important customer. Welcome to the Gear.com show. This is Brig Graff with Gear.com. Today we have the real pleasure of uh, interviewing J.M. Fabrizi, who runs all of brand management for Koala Tree Eco-Minded Goods. You might have heard of Koala Tree. They've become this crowdfunding phenom. They've raised over $2 million on Kickstarter and other crowdfunding platforms. And JM is the one who led a lot of that. We start out today's conversation uh, with a little bit of background around gear.com briefly and then dive right into everything that JM feels are unique and different points around quality and how to do a good crowdfunding campaign. So I hope you all enjoy it. Yeah, so gear.com is been known as uh we always like to say gear.com is for outsiders we're like uh-huh. from the og internet founded in 97 up in seattle <laughs> killer original investment from jeff bezos and amazon and everything what? And yeah wow yeah. it grew That's to be awesome. this big gear review site for years and uh and then readers kept saying man we love hearing about cool new brands and stuff that you're reviewing on the site we want to be able to hit the buy button when we're there right so, uh, so a couple of years ago, some new investors bought it, moved it to Utah, recruited a bunch of us from around the industry and from tech and the rest, and, and said, "All right, let's uh, let's make that, you know, a possibility for people to actually hit the buy button and buy when they're on Gear.com." JM is the uh, uh, the brand developer for um, for head of brand development, I guess is your title, right? With Qualitry, is that what it is? Yep. And could you give us a little summary of what that means? You come from a past history at Patagonia. And I want to ultimately get into how is the world different from working in a place like Patagonia, which is really large, versus Qualitry, which is a smaller uh, operation, but has a similar sort of sustainability vibe to it, and how that is attractive and unique to, to you and, and what it is you're doing right now. So why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself, your role at Qualitry, and, and, uh, and how that has kind of come from your past history. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I guess just for starters, um, I've always been a really outdoorsy person. I grew up in Big Bear Lake, California, which had a ton of phenomenal recreation opportunities. Um, and I've always really been passionate about kind of marrying this idea of, you know, uh, solid work on the environmental front with uh, business initiatives, thinking that, um, you know, through business, you can really have large impacts on on sustainability and and make positive impacts as a whole on on the environment, um, whether that be through the products that you make or or whether that be through the direct initiatives that you know said company is involved with. So I went to school um, out here in uh, in Salt Lake at a small liberal arts college called Westminster. Also, a very good school to go to if you are uh, passionate about powder days. I'll just leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> That's um, but so, yeah, that was kind of, you know, my first uh, stepping stone into, I guess, trying to, you know, achieve that vision of kind of bringing those, um, you know, two different causes that I was passionate about together. And so um, during my time at Westminster, I majored in environmental studies with a minor in entrepreneurship um, and then was fortunate enough to be involved with, um, you know, some of the entrepreneurial programs there 
um, and be kind of on the on the forefront of that pro, uh, that entrepreneurial program being introduced at the school. So that was really really fun. I was really looking for a um, you know an outlet that I could marry these two passions. I uh, would definitely you know I've, I've definitely always been um, a ponderer so to speak. At the end of the day, I think it's really important to be able to gain experience and knowledge from brands and, and people in particular um, that are involved in the space. And so that's really kind of what I sought out to do and was lucky enough to, you know, be involved with Patagonia. And so that was kind of my first start in, in this space. Um, you know, as I shared earlier, also super passionate about skiing. Um, and so I actually had left Patagonia and ended up, um, for a very short period of time uh, going up to Oregon and, you know, kind of also trying to pursue things on the ski side, um, which was really fun as well. And then shortly thereafter, uh, you know, getting back to Salt Lake and being in my final year of school, I was really, um, you know, looking for something uh, or a business that I could get involved with that um, I felt like I could really make a difference at. And um, luckily enough, I had known about Koala Tree and, and always been a huge fan of the brand. And, uh, you know, they were based right out of downtown Salt Lake at the time. And so, um, yeah, started talking to, to the guys over here at Koala Tree. As I uh, got closer to uh, graduation, completing my degree, uh, you know, I was offered an opportunity to come on full time here and um, obviously took it in a heartbeat. And, uh, you know, since then, really, my um, large role and focus here, although it has evolved quite a bit since I first came on board, um, is to really make sure that, you know, the missions and value statements and products that we stand behind and create, um, you know, we're able to kind of, again, offer this wholesome package, this lifestyle and um, solidified branding uh, to the people that love to purchase our products. Patagonia, I, so much respect for them. Love all, everything they're, that they're about. Have you seen that there's a slightly different audience that you're going after and a different customer? Is the quality customer a slightly different customer than, the, than the, like a Patagonia customer, for example? I would say there are similarities and there are definitely differences. Um, you know, Patagonia is, is absolutely a heritage brand that's really been around for a long time. Um, and I think that that brand has morphed and evolved over the years as well to kind of cater to not necessarily the hardcore mountain enthusiasts as they once had maybe, um, you know, when it was Great Pacific Ironworks and, and they were really focused on climbing and, and making, you know, that really more technically oriented equipment um, and kind of focused to more so, you know, targeting people that are passionate about the outdoors, that love exploration and adventure, um, but that also, you know, are, are concerned with the style of their clothing and, um, you know, ultimately want something that performs really well. And so I think, you know, talking about this and, and kind of getting down to the characteristics of, of what these different customers are looking for, whether that be on the Patagonia side or, um, you know, the Koala Tree side, it's really important uh, for these consumers to be buying goods that are made in an ethical way. And a lot of the people that do buy our products are, are really, really concerned um, about ethical decision-making when purchasing any sort of products, but especially products that they're going to then use to be able to get outside, 
and enjoy, you know, the outdoor spaces. Um, so I think one thing that we've always really focused on here, you know, prior to me coming on board and then, you know, after um, and since I have come on board is not only making things in the most sustainable way possible and sharing that process with our customer um, by putting, you know, as much information on the production um, practices and the different components that are incorporated into, uh, you know, the clothes or the accessories that we make. Um, but also making sure that, you know, the, the style component is there as well. Um, and I think that that's something that we're constantly trying to refine is building these products that work and perform just as well as your really hardcore, specific, technical outdoor brands. But then also, you know, with that functionality and performance, having, a, having pieces that look good. Um, and that people are, are excited to wear all the time um, and not just on the trail. The fact that, you know, a lot of brands, if you look at, especially ones that are invested heavily into the retail space, but also brands that are in the outdoor space that are direct to consumer, follow a traditional model of seasonality. And what I mean by that is, you know, you'll have a spring uh, 20 line, you'll have a summer 20 line, you'll have a fall 20 line, and then you'll also have a winter uh, 20 line or, or 2021 line, uh, if we're going in chronological order here. Um, and so Koala Tree, what another thing that makes us pretty unique is, you know, we have kind of taken a, a much different angle than a lot of these other brands that try to um, keep up with the seasonality um, that everyone seems to traditionally follow. And instead, we focus on putting way more time, effort, and research into the development of these products, um, and then try and turn them into what we like to call hero products, such as the trailhead pants. Um, you know, that's a, that's a product that's going to live on for more than just a season or more than just two seasons. Um, we launched our, our, our crowdfunding campaign for the trailhead pants, I believe in 2016. Um, and, you know, still on to this day on our website, seven crowdfunding campaigns later and, you know, dozens of products later, they're still one of our best selling products. And so I think that that really speaks to us, you know, and, and our efforts in trying to kind of beat this this cycle uh, or the senseless cycle, really, in our opinion. As you've done, you've done seven or eight Kickstarters and brought in more than $2 million in crowdfunding dollars over those Kickstarters, right? And is, is that kind of evolved to be the way you drop products now rather than doing catalogs that drop? You also kind of used to be in a bunch of retail stores and you've, you've pulled that back a significant amount too. Are those two things kind of interrelated? Yeah, they totally are. And that's a really... Um, that's a really cool observation uh, that you made there. And so basically quality started in 2010 and from 2010 to about 2015, the brand is in over 200 retail locations in about eight different countries. Um, and again, you know, kind of going back to this um, cycle that you're talking about of pre-books, pre-orders, needing to have things on time for the upcoming season and so on and so forth. Um, you know, if you're heavily invested in retail as a brand, you are fully locked into that program. Yeah, and out of it, it's tough to even try to shake it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you know, the retailers are the ones that have the power that basically are going to buy your product and then sell it to the end consumer. And so if you want to move your product, you need to adhere to those, those uh, you know, rules, so to speak. Um, 
so anyways, going back to, um, you know, 2016, when the brand really made a big pivot, um, you know, Charlie, who's our founder, really made this decision of, okay, let's figure out who our customer is, let's build products for that customer, and then let's develop a, a direct relationship by going direct to consumer and launching products through crowdfunding campaigns to then cultivate this community of really passionate supporters that can be right there with us every step of the way, uh, you know, during during the journey of bringing a new a new product to life. And you talked about that first Kickstarter with the Kachula blanket, right? And that, mm -hmm. that decided to pivot away from just being in 200 retailers and not having that face-to-face -face contact with your customers and you built that community. And I'd love to hear some of the specific tactics you did to build the community to make sure that that Kickstarter was going to be a success out of the gates. And then the second question is now with this Evolution Jogger that you just released and you did it on your own site uh, and you went direct to your community for that, do you think you could have done that if you hadn't already spent all that you've invested a lot of effort and sweat and caring into nurturing that community through all these Kickstarters and through the life of Qualitry, uh, is the Evolution Jogger release kind of a bit of a culmination of something that you wouldn't have been able to do without that investment in community that you did over the past years? You know, with any crowdfunding campaign, it's incredibly, incredibly important to have your customers trust the brand, right? And so to your point, I think over the course of, of the last, you know, four plus years, on crowdfunding campaigns, having never delivered a campaign late, having always, you know, made sure that the priority is placed on responding to any message that we get, um, and making sure that any backer feels, you know, this personal experience that they're taken care of, and 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 they're, you know, they're our most important customer. Um, without having fostered that level of trust within that community over that time. And then if we were to just go straight to, hey, we've never launched, you know, we've never um, taken pre-orders for a product via direct-to-consumer before, we're gonna, you know, back in 2016, launch a new product on our site. I don't know that the trust would have been there. That's a really great question. Um, in terms of the actual, um, you know, different steps that, that we uh, take, and again, always evolving, always learning, always finding new tools that we can implement, um, you know, to help support the crowdfunding campaigns. In terms of the actual steps that we take, I have a really great document that we put together internally, um, which we'd be happy to share. I don't know if you'll have show notes or, sure. or whatnot, but basically it's, um, you know, the eight crowdfunding keys to success here at Qualitry, and we'd be more than happy to, uh, you know, let your audience check that out if they were interested. Yeah. I'm sure they'd love to see it. I mean, I think that there's a golden age right now of an emergence of new brands, especially mm -hmm. from uh, from younger millennials and Gen Z who are looking at the opportunity to to put together supply chain design. And, and I think it's just very interesting to see something emerge, a brand emerge that's kind of maker driven, it's designer driven, it's athlete driven. That sort of thing is a, is a very interesting brand to see emerge and the best you know, most enduring brands that we, we see kind of started with that sort of hardcore uh, start and a little bit of an outsider vibe to them.